Okay, we are back. Uh, if you guys don't recognize the co-host's voice today, it's because... I do crack. Yes, <laughs> crackheads, crackheads all around <clears throat> me everywhere I look, there's crackheads. No, I was <laughs> I was singing too loud the other day and I kind of... Blew out her, <laughs> her vocals. Esophagus. Esophagus, bruise her esophagus. If you guys don't know that reference, then go fuck yourself. Um... Too brash? Okay. Let's start with the first thing today. If you could change one day in world history, which would you choose? You start. <laughs> one day in world history. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not that big of a history buff, are you? No, definitely not. What's, okay, even if we're not history buffs, what's one day, like, historic day that you're aware of, at least? Like, we all know... The day that Abraham Lincoln got shot. We know the day that JFK got shot. We know the day that Martin, Martin Luther, Luther got shot. We know the day of like when most people get shot. Well, Martin Luther King did not get shot. I mean, he okay, he did, but that but he didn't isn't, die there. He that isn't yeah. how he died. Okay, conspiracy theory. He know? got killed by a cop, right in the I hospital think, or yeah, some shit. I heard that he get like he got smothered by a pillow in the hospital or Ooh. something like that. Yeah. Like, or they suffocated. I don't know. Something like that. There you go. Fuck the police once again. Um, <laughs> Coming so, straight from the underground. So you pick the next one. Go. Oh, you're too far. Never mind. I'll pick <laughs> yeah, okay. it. Okay. Small people. Where's your favorite place to sit at home? Where's your favorite place to sit? Um, Other than. <laughs> no. Um, I would say... <laughs> <laughs> you get, I mean, you get all like clammed up and like nervous. <laughs> oh my mom's watching. Uh, um, I would say that's funny. Probably on the bed right next to the window because you have like these nice windows in the room, and like you could just see the sunset and the sunrise perfectly through it. So mm -hmm. that would probably be my favorite place to sit in the house. I feel like I never sit in the living room. I don't live house. in this. I can't remember the last time I sat on the sofa to watch a movie. <laughs> I feel like, oh my god! Because it's always either eating in front of the computer or eating on the bed watching something or just whatever. But I like the bed too because of like the open windows mm -hmm. and, and you can see all the greenery outside. You can see trees. You can see clouds. You can see yes. a little bit of nature. Um, and you can hear the birds. Yeah, my favorite place to sit would also be the same exact place because I like to meditate there every morning too, and just you know, like breathe in, open the windows. It it could be pouring outside, it could be whatever, and you could just absorb all that's going on around you and just meditate and just whatever you know. I thought that she would say the toilet. <laughs> well, you're you're not wrong, actually. Like I like to spend quality time with myself on the, on the toilet. toilet. Every I day really, for like three hours. I really do. Like I'll, yeah, sometimes I'll shit three times a day. Like it depends on <laughs> my diet and what I have going on in my life. But if two times minimum. Well, yeah. one time minimum. Like I'll shit every day. Like I don't go one day without shitting. I don't. I don't shit every day. Which is weird to me because I think personally, I think most people listening to this or watching this shit at least once a day. But here's the thing, like doctors say that it's normal to shit anywhere from like a couple times a day to once or twice a week. Yeah. yeah. It just depends, like it varies person to person. So 
Mm-hmm. Listen, don't judge, okay? But um, what was I going to say? Speaking of, of shitting, that goes into the question that I was going to ask today. <clears throat> Do you sit or stand while wiping? Do I sit or stand while wiping? Yes, I mean, I know the answer to the question, and I think it's just there, appalling. I think there's only one right way to do it, and I've said this countless times, and I'll say it again, and, I, and I'll fight anyone on Ugh. this. You wipe standing up, and you I'll give don't. you, and oh I'll give you the reasons why. <laughs> I'll give you the reasons. First of all, you standing up, you have more control, like motor control, like like you can reach, like if you're a, like a decently flexible person, you can reach back, you can, you know, like really, like with one hand, you can spread the cheek, and with the other, you just go and just do like. A Wait, you clean. spread your cheek with one of your hands? Sometimes. <laughs> So like if it's a really like messy (laughs) fuck up if it's really messy down there like like i'll make sure that i get all the prem like around the perimeter you know like the whole radius the whole mile you know the whole full range of motion the whole yeah but if you're sitting down like i can't imagine myself doing that sitting down like i can't imagine myself wiping because for me all like all of the logistics behind it of like just raising right like how like you're gonna raise your butt slightly and then that's enough for you to just do a clean yes. swipe yes how uh, because listen when you're sitting on the toilet you're you're first of all your butt cheeks should already be spread all right mm. like you should not be sh- sh- taking a shit with mm. your butt cheeks like closed closed in together because that's obviously not like you're gonna have a hell of a mess if you're one of those because i can't really but anyways let me listen what you do is you elevate your body Mm -hmm. you swoop in with the paper from the back Mm -hmm. and then that's it and you drop it into the, the toilet and you're done how many swipes I don't know. It depends. For me, it's never it's never a lot. Have you ever had, like, ghost shits? <laughs> I feel like that's all I have. Really? Ghost yeah, shits? Yeah, it's like the ones where you, like, one swipe and then that's it. And you're just like, oh, okay, like... Um, oh, those are the best. Like, one or two. I always do, like, two or three, even if it is one of those. Like, just to really just make Just to sure. make sure, yeah, yeah. it's like you really want it to be clean. Because, <laughs> because you, you could be... Why do you think that happens, right? Like, it, like if you have a ghost fart or a ghost shit, I mean, and you wipe once and you see that there's nothing on the paper, but then you still go again just to make sure. Like, why do you think we do that? Like, do we not trust ourselves? No, because like, it's like, because you... it's like you listen. You're not looking at it, so yeah, you really don't, you don't have any judgment on. of like yeah. how dirty or clean it is, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. it's obviously dirty. So then it's just like a. You know, it's a precaution. <laughs> you, it's a preca- yeah. You want to be, you want to be cautious. The- so I have a question. Sorry, if you're in public, do you also stand up and wipe your ass? A hundred percent. Because there's like cracks in the I stall, don't care. and then like people could just like peek in, and your ass cheeks are all spread out, and you're over there wiping. No, for but, everybody. No, 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 chill, but but chill, chill, chill. No, chill. 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 I don't. I don't stand up and then turn around towards the toilet in public. In public, I'm more cautious about where I point my asshole. You know, mm. like I'll I'll stand up and then hovering over the toilet. So it's kind of like a mix between wiping while sitting down and then standing up. It's kind of like a, uh, a hybrid version, if you will. You know, I kind of stand up a little bit 
And then I just like inch myself a little bit off the toilet and then I just go in for the kill instead of like going like full like and also I don't go full flex. Like I always keep my knees semi flexed, you know, like semi pronated. Is it is that the right? No, I don't think that's the right word, but semi flexed. And then I just face my butt towards the toilet. So then I have an eye on those cracks. So while I'm doing it, I'm like listening to see if anyone walks into the bathroom or I'm looking in through those cracks to see if there's any like pervert or whatever. Because I'll knock someone out even if I have a shitty butt. Okay. <laughs> so, so then why do you like do the whole like turn around at home? Like what's, I don't know, like what? Because at home, first of all, <laughs> like, there's no cracks and there's nobody like looking yeah, at me. Yeah, but then so, it's like why? Why that extra step of like getting up? turning around facing the toilet like your face facing it and then it's like oh like you're looking at your own shit when you face the toilet and that doesn't like gross you out well no you get grossed out by your own shit (laughs) what you get grossed out by your own shit well it's not appealing like to look at a toilet bowl full of shit listen you're 21 right yes you've been shitting and looking at your shit for 21 years don't you know like don't you think that you would get used to it by now sure but like like i get grossed out by looking at other people's shit like i'll sometimes like go in the toilet and it's you know clogged or whatever and i'm like look like, <laughs> you know like i'm like what the i fuck? did the same thing i started gagging oh that happened the other day not yeah. the other day but a couple of weeks ago to us yeah <laughs> oh my god like i I don't fuck with that like if you're walking through (laughs) la or like san francisco which are known or or china which are known for like people defecating in public and you see like someone's like a human shit on the floor like i walk shadow every single morning and we'll see like dog shit but if you walk around and you see human shit on the floor like where it's not supposed to be then that Mm -hmm. freaks me out but as you were saying, like, what were you getting to? It's like to? that extra step to me is so unnecessary. Oh, yeah. I get, I get her done, okay? Get her I, done. Yeah. I do my business. <laughs> I slightly elevate myself. I wipe and everything's all good. Like, I don't need, oh, uh, like, I feel like if you were in prison, you would be one of those. That, no. Yes. No, 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 I would <laughs> not. Because in prison, you, first you of all, if I was about. in prison, I would not shit at all. <laughs> You would shit yourself. That's no, I would not <laughs> shit at all. Or if I did shit, I would make sure to keep a dirty butthole. What? Keep it dirty. People <laughs> people might like that. No, why would they like <clears throat> a shitty butthole? You keep it dirty, keep it unappealing as much as possible. Because there's, there's always those germaphobic like, criminals and stuff. You know, like those, those um, criminals who are just germaphobes. And they just like have OCD and stuff. And they have to be clean all the time. Those are the ones that are going to get a train ran on them. But if you keep it dirty, then like what's the point? Like what's the effort? You know, all like right. oh, anyway. like <laughs> little Tom over there keeps himself clean or whatever. Oh, he murdered 45 people. But his butt is clean. So there you go. <laughs> no. It's anyways, not, anyways, not how it works. The answer to your question about why turning towards the toilet, one word, Kobe. It's easier to aim the toilet paper into the trash can. You know what? Listen, I prefer to not even put toilet paper in a trash can. I think it's one of the most disgusting things. Mm. And that's why I like those like flushable wipes yeah. too, because then you just they just go down and that's it. 
It's like, I think it's so disgusting to let a trash bag of like shit and whatever else mm -hmm. just accumulate and pile up over time. Like, how does that not gross anyone out? You know what? I've never been a flusher of it's paper. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've never been one of those people. You know why though? Because why? in Brazil, the toilets aren't that reliable. Oh yeah. So, so if you flush it down, like you're going to clog shit up. And here, the same thing, like I've seen, you know certain poops clog up the toilet so i'm like oh like a ball of paper doesn't get like stuck to the inside of the tubes and shit like like to me that's just and I also feel like no because paper like it well see that's why the flushable wipes are obviously the best way to go but paper i feel like it just gets like all moistened and like it it doesn't i don't know how to explain it you know what i'm saying though i get it like it, it basically time, starts it ripping it starts ripping apart because it's so like it toilet paper is not you know super sturdy paper it's not like construction paper or something yeah and so with water it's just gonna start like kind of you know undoing itself yeah. right so i think that like i don't know i, I never worry about that hmm. especially in public bathrooms whenever you go to pee for the girls and stuff like public bathrooms for some reason a lot of the times they're super powerful like there's like this yes immense, just like um like, airplane like, yeah it's like toilets. this pressure just like <laughs> sucks it all down and i'm like yeah. oh okay like geez which is why i don't understand like how even in public bathrooms they get clogged like geez these mm -hmm. people must be like <laughs> especially if you go to the to a gym and shit like the la fitness n near my house that we go to um Almost every time there's a toilet clogged and you'll mm -hmm. walk into the man to the men's bathroom and you'll smell it like immediately. Uh -huh. And I feel like it's it's always the same smell. So I feel like it's the same person that just clogs the toilet every week Jesus. as soon as it's unclogged. So that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't work at a gym because, you know, a lot of these gyms have their employees like do like, you know, circuit shifts where you, you yeah, go and you clean the bathroom. And you're, yeah. you're doing cleaning today. You're doing reception. <clears throat> I would not clean toilets. yo. Like. I don't know. It's just it's just something that I don't feel yeah, like getting in, you know? That's what I'm saying. It's different when you're cleaning your own mess yeah. and your own whatever. Even then, but it's then, pretty disgusting. Yeah, but then cleaning other people's, especially like strangers, like people you don't care about or know, and yeah. like you don't, I don't know, it's just something. It's like, bro, like let's like at least establish a friendship beforehand, you know, before I clean your <laughs> shit. Clean. It's like, I'll pick oh, up Shadow's man. shit because we're boys. Like, he's my dog, you know? But then... <laughs> my dog he's my dog for sure. But because we've created that repertoire and stuff and that relationship, so then I don't feel like... I'm like, all right, I'll get it today again, you know? Because, like, I understand that I have to do it because you can't. And also, he's, you know, disabled in that extent because he can't, like, do it with himself. Right. So I have to help him out. But unless you're disabled... And you're not my best friend, then I'm not gonna pick like pick up your poop. I'm not gonna pick up your shit. Pretty like speaking of shit, um, one of the things that I want to purchase, one of the biggest, per the big first biggest <clears throat> purchase that a we're bidet. gonna make is a bidet. Yeah, <laughs> through this podcast, I like feel... that's why you guys should um donate, um uh, donate any <laughs> amount that you want. Um, click the link in the description if you're watching this on TikTok, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on Instagram. Uh, check out our link tree. Go to anchor.com slash mentally gone podcast and donate as much as you can. Because we get a bidet. desperately need a bidet. Because <laughs> no, then that I feel like if I had a bidet, I would not stand up anymore to, to wipe. I, I would just do that courtesy wipe, you know, of just like making sure again, just like when you have a ghost ship. Right. You just do it once to make sure, and boom, everything's great. Everything's flowing naturally, great, nice, and 
just right. I feel like there are <laughs> there are other more important things to save up for, but yes, yeah, a bidet is nah, definitely the first on like the lip. Top, top lip. Five. I said the first on the list. The first on the list. But what was I gonna say? Sometimes I like to do like a handstand while I wipe. I feel like that really gets it going. That's cool, but like nothing drips down, like down your back. With one hand, no. Okay, but <laughs> what if you have like diarrhea and shit? Like, do you still do it, or like, do you do you risk a handstand after diarrhea or no? Yes. You risk it. Yeah. Have you ever had accidents of it just flowing down your back and then like you just feel something on your neck and you're like mid handstand? No. no. What would you do if you did? I would shower. You would shower? Yes. The shower's right there. Speaking of, do you think people have ever like shat themselves in the shower? Hundred <laughs> percent. And then the shower is right there for them to like wash themselves. Hundred percent. Oh, I'll man. bet money right now that there are That's people gross. who are so <laughs> in tune with their bodies that they know when a like like a liquidy diarrhea shit is coming, Ew. and they'll shit in their shower. Ew. Like routinely shit in their shower instead of sitting on the toilet and they're like because you're already there. There's Ew. soap right there and stuff. Did, and have then you just ever like, done that? No, I've never shat in the shower. <laughs> I'm speaking. You're you're supporting them a lot. No, I'm not supporting. I'm I'm just respect. You know what? I've I, I've grown to accept people for who they are. So if you shit in the shower, like that's not a problem to me anymore. It used to be. It 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 used to be an issue. It used to be like, oh, you know, like that. You know, so and so is pretty cool. But I heard he shits in the shower or she yeah. shits in the shower. I'm like, mm, they're gonna be at that party. Mm, you want to go somewhere else, and then we'll just you know that's go somewhere else. That's how I feel. So. <clears throat> but I, but you but you don't think that people like oh like today for example this morning I had diarrhea right if, nice yeah people who have diarrhea I think they probably like think like oh like whatever you know like let's just a guy who's a loser has no game with women is like living at his mom's house has his own bathroom she cleans up after him anyways and he plays video game in Fortnite and Call of Duty all day and just wears like a man diaper or whatever. He has no problem doing that. Like, why put the effort into sitting down? If you're just, you have to shower anyways. I mean, it's been a month, Bradley. It's been a month since since you showered. You know, his mom talking to him. So you get in that shower and you're not coming out until you're squeaky clean. And then he thinks, oh, I'm just going to shit in here with whatever that fucking bitch. Like, she's taking me away from Fortnite, from COD. You know, fuck that bitch. I hate her. I hate you, mom. As he's speaking to himself, as he washes himself in the shower. And he just takes a deep, big shit all over the bathroom. And then he just giggles and says, ah, that bitch is going to have to clean this up. Fuck you, mom. No? Anyways, next to the... uh, Now going to the next topic. (laughs) Next topic on our list for today, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, is would you rather, Gabriela Lopes, speak all human languages uh, or be able to speak to all animals? Easy. I feel like this is so easy because people are a hundred percent like intuitively going to answer speak all human languages. Mm-hmm. But I concur, concur. No, I object. <laughs> I, I don't know. I disagree um, because 
I think being able to speak to all animals, think about the information that you can uncover if you were able to speak to all animals. And I hate, like, if people think, oh, oh, you're just, <laughs> like, you're not going to be able to have a conversation with them because they don't have, like, a, uh, like, uh, any conscience. Conscien yeah. yeah, like a conscience. And so it's like, you're, I don't know, you're, you're not going to find out anything, like, revolutionary, yeah. right? But I think, listen, hear me out. We would be surprised to find out. And and then think about it. Because you can learn all human languages. It'd probably take you forever. Mm -hmm. But you could learn them. You can't learn to speak to animals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even if people claim like, oh, I know how to communicate with horses and stuff. Like, no, you don't. You're not a dog whisperer because you don't have like a language with them because you don't speak their language quote unquote mm -hmm. so it's like that that would be my choice is speak to all animals you know what i would have to agree with the stereotype that you painted of like most people's response because i think kind of the same way like like okay like i get that but what do you think animals have to convey to you other than like for example you're going to talk to a squirrel and winter's around the corner. The squirrel's just going to be like, oh, nuts, 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 store nuts, nuts, nuts. Winter's coming, nuts, 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 nuts. Like, why do I want to talk to a squirrel about instinctual, habitual activities? You know what, what I mean? What if there's more than that, though? Like, that's, that's my point, is that's our perception. But it's like, mm, there's because obviously... we're limited. Right, there's obviously more to animals because they make relationships with each other Right. Mm -hmm. So they obviously don't just speak like, oh, bone, like, oh, outside, oh, nuts or, you know, whatever. I think that there's more and we just don't know what that is. And maybe they don't like think the way that we think like, oh, I'm hungry right now or but but it would be interesting to see their version of that, like mm -hmm. whatever that is, because we yeah. don't know. It's like scientists I can't say that they can't prove that they don't have a conscience, right? But it's like, what if there is a certain extent of maybe some type of like conscientious conscientiousness, you know? I get that. And because you don't know because you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's I like it, you can you can do an x-ray of of animal minds and and make a, you know, I don't know. I get it just because I've been on this um, ayahuasca kick lately. I haven't tried ayahuasca. I really want to one day eventually, maybe in the near future, far future, whatever. But the whole idea of like ayahuasca is reconnecting you to nature. Mm -hmm. And then they refer to the spirit as a she, like mother ayahuasca. It's a female energy. And basically what everybody says after they've tried ayahuasca. Interesting fact. If you're going to an ayahuasca ritual, they recommend you not eat any animal-based products. Mm. So you're supposed to go on like a strict vegan diet like a week prior to, um, con you know, taking part in that ritual because it said that some people, if they eat chicken before using ayahuasca, they will, during their trip slash journey they'll start feeling the pain and the trauma of the chicken. Wow. 
So you start just 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 kind of like reading into the trauma that we're just like you said very limited and and we can't connect to animals in that to that extent. But something about ayahuasca allows us to really connect. So that's why they say you should go on a strict vegan diet leading up to your ayahuasca journey because you don't want to like relive the trauma of those animals. Instead, mm-hmm. you should focus on your own traumatic experiences and heal yourself. Mm, so that's interesting like on a subconscious level you're thinking about i guess like like i haven't read any um testimonials of is it testimonials or testimonies testimonials any testimonials of you know people who have experienced that specific thing of like a oh, chicken a uh, uh, cow or something like that but that's apparently the case and so my point is if these drugs, if these psychedelics like kind of grant us a key to unlocking these doors where you kind of like communicate with animals on this more spiritual level, even if you're far removed from that from that process or from them. So you get your chickens from like Costco or, or ShopRite or mm-hmm. wherever, Whole Foods, and you still feel it. So to your point, like if we could speak to animals, it would be crazy to to be able to like be like a Harry Potter speaking to the snakes and shit, you know, mm-hmm. and just understanding it and just being like, wow, like this is what you're like. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's like <clears throat> there's and there's just like a strong connection of being able to do that. Like there's just something so like intriguing about mm-hmm. the idea of speaking to an animal like being able and then people might look at you like you're crazy but for sure the only reason i don't care to speak all human languages is because one i don't need to you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like unless i'm traveling the world or or i come across someone who doesn't speak english right mm-hmm. like i don't really need to know to how to speak all human languages and not to mention like google translate exists like mm-hmm. like you could just translate things now they have a bunch of apps they have like a device Earphone, i think yeah, yeah like that ear. in real time exactly and then mm-hmm. it translates it for you yeah it's like i don't know to me it's it, it would be it would be like more of a flex it would be more of like a bragging rights that's of what like, i'm saying oh yeah. i can speak to you know I could speak to all humans in the world because I know every single language. And then you could put that on your resume and then you're automatically accepted for the job because they're like, oh, okay. This guy's versatile and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. like any customer that comes in, like they can just speak to him because he can speak to everyone. But But what I will say, though... (laughs) Okay, no, no, go, 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 no, no, go, go. But what I was gonna say is <clears throat> what I will say, and I'm gonna give uh I can't give the guy credit because I don't know his um YouTube handle. Um anyways, there's this YouTuber, shout out to him if he ever watches this. Uh he does like he speaks Mandarin. super fluently and Mm -hmm. i've i've showed you him before and and he speaks even like certain specific dialects like within china like these small villages and shit that are prominent in new york city so new york city has like same thing with like newark newark has like people from portugal and then there's like a certain Mm -hmm. community of people from like coimbra and like whatever it is you know and then brazil too like there's people from Goiânia, there's people from sao paulo so it's like these like little niche groups and he speaks that fluently. And then so he'll go 
down like Chinatown in New York City and he'll just, you know, walk into this like super authentic Chinese restaurant and he'll just start like speaking their language yeah. and people are blown away. Like people just are in shock. And you can say that it's a flex, but at the same time, to me, it's like it's this full immersion into like this culture. Mm. Right. So like that's the re- the only reason why I, like I would consider learning and knowing all human languages, because like you, you could go to a country and be a tourist and shit. But that to me is not appealing. Being able to like go to Paris and then you're going to go yeah. see like the, the Eiffel Tower and you're going to go to the Louvre and you're going to whatever, do what every tourist does. But if you speak the language, you, you could just approach anyone on the street and, and just say like, yo, like what's an underground pub, an underground club, an underground whatever, mm-hmm. art exhibit and stuff. And people are going to be like, oh, like, you know, like this. And that. So you just immerse yourself more and you're not restricted mm. to like the constraints of being a tourist. Because I think tourists are just... I hate being a tourist. I yeah. don't like being a tourist. I think I I think that that's true. Like there's something powerful about language and communication. Like you just feel like a more intimate and personal connection and like interaction with someone when you're able to speak the same language. And that's been true for like ages. And so I think, yeah, that like that puts it into perspective more. And also being able to, for example, read like scrolls in different languages mm, and stuff. Like, like whenever Latin. you Yeah, whenever you go travel or something and you go to like like an ancient Greek uh you know, monument or whatever it is or museum or something, and then you're able to read the scrolls and understand them and not just a little like summary that mm-hmm. people might give to tourists like you said yeah so then you feel like more fully immersed in these cultures that some may no longer exist anymore like what if you were able to speak a language that like has been discontinued yeah like because it's all human languages so there's no limits that's what i'm saying so yeah that would oh that definitely makes it hard imagine <laughs> being sure. able to like decipher the rosetta stone and just like walking into i think it's located in london yeah it is in london because that's where i saw it um but you you just walk up to like these these like super um mysterious encoded languages that no one has Mm -hmm. you know um deciphered yet and then you you just walk in you know with your nuts in your arms you know because your ball's so big and you're like oh you know, here I am and stuff and everybody's like wow oh my god this guy's this guy's an alien and shit oh my and god. then you're just like uncovering everything I don't know but but to me it would definitely be it's more like of, of the culture immersion being able to read like hieroglyphics for example yes. like understanding them like quickly that would be yeah that it's like, it's, and then it, you also have to think about like let's say you could speak to all animals right mm-hmm. and you go walk up to them they probably don't know that you can speak to them like, and like understand bro. them like they might attack you <laughs> like, well, they, i was gonna attack they, you but they then might I... just run away you know yeah. and then you're like trying to talk to them and then they're like nope 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 mm-hmm. nope and then they're like running. until they hear you talking to them and then maybe they just freak out and they kill you yeah, anyways you know yeah. it's, it's, it's like the fuck are you doing versus you know? like people they to... they they're just in awe of you if you yeah. like if you can speak to them especially if you don't look like for example, like the YouTuber you said, yeah. people would just be astonished because he doesn't look like he can speak yeah, these, he's a chubby these white Asian kid. dialects. Yeah. So then it's like they, they're they always in shock and then they're like, wow, like what made you want to learn this? And then mm-hmm. he just says like he's super fascinated by the culture. 
and he wants to keep it alive, like is what he's quoted before, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting because if you can speak all human languages, you can teach it. Yeah. So then other people can learn it and then you can bring back to life something that that's already that's been lost. Yeah, that's that's been like extinct. One thing that I've always had and for some reason recently I've had this urge even more. I've just had always had this need and this want and to like just travel the world and like like not worry about the little things that everybody worries about and that you kind of have to worry about which is like making money sustaining mm -hmm. yourself paying bills all those things which is necessary but i want to get to a point where i'm just like achieve this financial freedom where i just can like explore the world you know and one of the people who inspired me shout out to lucas gomes um he's a friend of mine from brazil which mm -hmm. i've told you about he just like impulsively just like travels and shit oh you know? you've told me stories yeah and he'll go like backpacking in a sense where he doesn't really know where he'll sleep that night yeah, like where he doesn't he'll end, up. He, end up he just talks to people mm -hmm. you know like he's one of the people who i kind of like look up to in that like humanistic aspect like i really aspire to get to that level where i'm just like not really worrying about the little meticulous things or the just mis like miscellaneous objectives of life that everybody just prioritizes which mm -hmm. is you know money and like oh we have to acquire you know you know become famous we have to get all the bitches and we have to like do all these things yeah. which like every guy in my like age bracket bracket kind of like you know aspires to achieve which yeah, that's true which lucas again has always been like years and years ahead of his like his, his time, age yeah. his time like he's always been like more matured in his way of thinking that's why i really fuck with him and that's why we're still friends to this day even though i haven't visited brazil for a while and he's one of many friends in brazil who 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 have that mindset and who just but yeah but that's what i want to do is just like i kind of want to become like a a monk yeah I deep down inside you know like deep down i just want to go to like like a free-spirited person <laughs> yeah. where, where anything like these like physical materialistic things don't matter anymore they don't do anything like, for me exactly it's and like, and that's what i'm saying but like the reason the like the monk lifestyle is so appealing or like someone who's just who's just like in tune with nature and completely disconnected from technology is is because of just that like you have nothing to worry about like you're mm -hmm. not stressing about you know obtaining these financial means and like going to work at a job that you hate for example it's always like I feel like you just reach a state of Zen mm -hmm. to to an extent that no one else reaches because nothing matters. You give no value to anything except for life. Yeah. And then that's it. Like nothing else. Not mm -hmm. technology, not your computer, not your phone, not anything. Cause I feel like we give so much value and like importance to these things that mm -hmm. they I don't know that it just disconnects us from reality. The irony is that nothing matters. And only after you realize that nothing <laughs> matters, you start understanding why everything else matters. Right. And I think that the fascination behind the monks, like like people like us and uh, like everybody else we know looking from the outside in, is that we're just always fascinated. Like how can a guy who just sits down and meditates every day be fulfilled mm -hmm. and be satisfied? Be happy. Being that we are here like in this rat race, in this hamster wheel, just like 
going at it every single day, you know, like no sleep, like sleep when I'm dead and working and just Mm -hmm. everybody's a workaholic. Everybody's addicted to the grind, addicted not to the grind, but to the compensation and the um, The reward reward system that that has been built around it. Mm -hmm. And we just look at those people and we're like, wait, but you don't have a Lamborghini. You don't have a house in the hills. Like you don't have... 500,000 in your bank account. So how are you just so fulfilled and happy all the time? And then that mm-hmm. that just blows our mind. And that's why I do want, and the irony is that once I become financially liberated, I do want to like seek more to life than just this. You know, I want to be able to like travel to certain countries, mm-hmm. like live certain places for a while and then manage business from my smartphone, from my computer, right. assign certain hours within the day, like all oh, like from like four hours a day or four hours a week, four hour work week. Shout out to Tim Ferriss. <laughs> four hours a week. You just go and check in on your businesses and then you're good. And then you just live life. You just. And I think that life. that's I think that that's like. How do I explain it? The best way to use your money, right, Mm -hmm. is to use it as a key to really unraveling and figuring out the the deeper, like the deeper meaning of of life. I think the underpinnings of existence. Yeah, exactly. Like the not not these like surface level. Like even like you said tourist thing right like oh being able to say that you went to go see the eiffel tower but like how much i don't know it's like there's so much more than just like these big attractions and these Mm -hmm. you know all these different things that we just get so like consumed by or like that new phone that came out or this like new car Mm -hmm. and it's like that's that's the way that i want to use my money in the future and like i just want to be super like I don't know how to explain it, just super like particular with the way that I use it because mm-hmm. I don't want to just splurge on like big ticket items or yeah, like a purse, or, or like going a... to a resort. Like I really hate the idea of like going to a country to stay in a resort Me too. in a hotel on a beach. It's like you're not you're not un, like uncovering anything new. You're still in your comfort zone because you're yeah. in a place where these people understand what Americans want. So they create mm-hmm. these like part like it's a little bit of America in that place. So you'll exactly. go to breakfast that'll have like cheeseburgers, pizzas, and, and bacon then, still. And then you don't see like the impoverished towns that oh, exist yeah. in those countries. Like it's only that touristy place that's beautiful. But mm-hmm. then and then I think it's also interesting because even away from those resorts, there are beautiful landscapes to be, you know, discovered and stuff. And like those, like those types of trips where you have to like hike up like Rocky Mountains to go see it. And, you know, like it's kind of like a fight. It doesn't just come at your disposal. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like the most rewarding thing is things that don't come easy. Yeah, that don't come at your disposal. 100%. Uh, yeah. Would you rather know how you're going <laughs> to die or when you're going to die? When. When? Yes. So you would rather know the day and the time that you're going to die? Yes. Me too. Versus how? Because, um, I, I mean, I don't know. Because I, I think if you know when, it's like, let's say I knew that I was going to die next week. Mm-hmm. Then I would just like live up, not really live up, but like I would just like, enjoy life more because then I'm not stressing about five years from now 10 years from now anymore because I think in our reality like today in the present moment we're always 
wrapped up about the past or the future. 100%. And and we're always thinking like, oh, we need to do this and this and this before we die. We need to do this and this and this to be successful, to to be financially secure, to have a family, to be financially secure, to buy a house. But then let's say that's not what your future holds and maybe you're like you're meant to die a year from now. And then that's it. Like all that worry, anxiety just just disappears, I think. And then it's like if you know how you're going to die, that just adds anxiety and worry Mm -hmm. because then you don't know what moment it's going to be. It could be anything. If I know I'm going to die in a car crash, then I might never get into a car. I might never, you know, like and then I'll I'll try to. Yeah, I'll I'll try to um, pivot around it. Yeah. And then it just creates more stress and anxiety in your life versus just knowing. And then you're just like, okay, I know. And I think that that's what happens with people who are old or people who have a disease. And then the doctors say, hey, you have this much time left. They're like, all right. And I and I feel like that's when they're the most at peace because then they're like, okay, I have two years left mm-hmm. or I have this many months left. So let me just, you know be here, be with my family, be, be whatever they want to do be and do present, it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Versus when it's just a big question mark. And then it's yeah. like, Oh, like, I don't know when I'm going to go or, you know, I don't know how long I have. And there's always that question. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I think that that contributes a lot to anxiety, just like you said. I think that the worrying and the unpredictable nature of the future generates anxiety and the um, unmovable nature of the past because the past can't be changed but it also can't hurt you but still that generates depression so depression and and anxiety are caused by not being present in the current moment Mm -hmm. and that's what stoicism teaches and that's what um, even jordan peterson talks about in his new book which i'm reading um, beyond order 12 rules. 12 more rules. 12 yeah. more, yeah. <laughs> 24 now. 24. Um, he talks about how, he, like, he underwent a whole problem of, like, anxiety and stuff, mm-hmm. especially when his wife, Tammy, got diagnosed. Sick, yeah. And the doctor said that she would only have, like, one year left, basically, mm-hmm. and she outperformed that um, estimate. And so she's still alive and breathing and stuff. But he got super anxious. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the people that everybody, including myself, I think, or most people look up to, you know, and, and they look at him for guidance and yeah. they expect him to have things figured out. But then you look at him and he's one of the most anxious people because mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's what happens when you acquire a lot of knowledge. I think that I have this theory that the more knowledge you acquire, the more miserable and depressed you inevitably become because you're not ignorant anymore and i think that ignorance is in fact bliss and Mm -hmm. i think that that's why a lot of people our age who are like i don't want to put us on a pedestal but people who are maybe less educated and maybe less well-read they are happier because they kind of just conform and they just 
they find satisfaction and gratification with less Mm -hmm. with what you know like oh with like drinking smoking like doing all these you know things going out and posting taking pictures and getting the likes and the and the gratification mm -hmm. and all that stuff so for them it's enough right it it suffices right but then for us it's like the more you know the more you feel like you shouldn't know you know like it's Mm -hmm. kind of it's a very weird paradox but at the same time stoicism um talks about that too that that the only purpose to existence or 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 the main priority of life should be to acquire knowledge Mm-hmm. And that should be every man's priority, every human being's priority is to acquire knowledge because then that'll teach yourself how to live, if that makes sense. But you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, and and like you said, you expect someone like Jordan Peterson to have it all together because of the way he, um, uh, what's the word? Carries Presents himself, himself or yeah. carries himself, his demeanor when he speaks, like he's articulate. And you just expect him to, you know, have like his composure under wraps and then to to read or hear that like he's he went through like dozens of anxiety medications that made him even more ill and made him like kind of dependent on it just because of he said that he couldn't sit in one place for too long for a couple of minutes like he just needed to get up because his anxiety would just and I forgot him. what the name of that is, but but there's a specific yeah, there's term a specific for term it. For it. Yeah. And it's and and I think that that's what was I gonna say? I think that that's scary um, to an extent because it's I don't know. It's like it's because it doesn't like, bring any reassurance to us, right? It's like you see someone who who was a professor one day and then the next day. He was a a speaker, someone that people like acknowledged right away. Like he just Idolized. became like that too, but also he became like infamous because people hated on him. Yeah. From one day to the next, he went from a simple professor to going on news outlets trying to explain his his stance and opinions on things. Not not just that, but trying to defend his life. Right. And he then could, it's yeah. and then it's like I don't know, it's like that that's kind of scary because we're always trying to achieve more mm-hmm. with life. We always like people either want like the fame or they want the fortune. And then I I think that once you have that, it's like more diminishing than people think. And that's why you see these uh, celebrities committing suicide, having these depressive thoughts and episodes, like you said, yeah. why they turn to drugs, why, why, because they're trying to fill like this, this void, this void that, that just created and that, like created itself and consumed them over time because mm-hmm. of just how much they saw. Like there's just like this harsh reality that you get, like you said, from knowing and seeing more. And, and then, you only understand it when you come face to face with right. it. Right. Yeah. Just like um, Jim Jim Carrey was one of these people. Like he was at one point the top, like like the top grossing actor, one of the most successful actors in Hollywood, huge celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just came to this realization, and I think it was after doing psychedelics or a lot of psychedelics. But then he realized that life is more than that, and then he just became a philosopher out of nowhere, and now he just paints. And he doesn't do movies anymore for the most part and or interviews. And he's just out of the public eye. Mm. And I think that you have to understand that. And I also, I think he was the one that said that he wishes that every single person 
could 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 like be rich just to understand that it brings nothing to mm-hmm. them. It brings more hurt than joy. You know, like being wealthy and rich and famous and stuff. And that brings me to um, something that I um, that I witnessed yesterday was watching another YouTuber. Um, shout out to Max. Uh, a lot of shout outs today. A lot of YouTubers. <laughs> a lot of YouTubers. But um, so Max has a successful um, candy company and he's, you know, an um, aspiring entrepreneur and he's trying to build his business mm-hmm. and his brand. And he's close friends with another YouTuber slash influencer uh, slash entrepreneur, Christian Guzman. Mm-hmm. And so basically he was kind of just having a heart to heart with his audience towards the end of his last video about how how he feels he feels like he's going to burn out mm. and he's already kind of like feeling this like premonition coming, you know, like he's like foreseeing into the future, you know, like he sees himself crashing because mm. of the rhythm and just the um, intensity, intensity, this like systematic routine that he's locked himself in. And it's just this incessant cycle of just like more and more and more. And mm-hmm. he always has to put on, he said, like he feels like he has to put on for his videos he has to put on like a performance like a facade a facade kind of yeah yeah. even though it is an extension of his personality but Mm -hmm. i think it is an animated extension and i think that happens a lot with people on camera with people on youtube especially vloggers people who have to make their everyday life interesting because life in of itself is not innately interesting like like there's not much that you know unless you go out of your way to like make every single day like an event Mm -hmm. for clicks and views there is not like 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 there's nothing much to it except you know routine rituals i feel like there's more to life that's chaotic and stressful and And ugly and ugly than there is entertaining for sure and and the fact that you're like i feel like it gets to a point where they're not even making it entertaining for themselves no they're making it entertaining for their audience yeah so they don't even strive to like go and do you know whatever it is that they're doing these these uh fun funny like comedic uh youtube videos for example yeah it's like that's not even for themselves I think it's just like, yeah, it's like they probably don't even really feel that completely like, Mm -hmm. but then they have to submerge themselves into this script, into this, you know, role that they need to play for people because it's like, oh, my happiness brings these people happiness, my success and my showing them this and this and doing this brings people, you know, uh, it it brings people here watching and being engaged with me mm-hmm. but then it's like at what cost are you doing that at a big cost because and then you're like you're just putting on a facade and i think that what this year has taught me is like to just like stop with like the whole pretending for people it's like just laying everything bare no matter how hurtful it is, no mm-hmm. matter how embarrassing, yeah, how selfish it may seem, how embarrassing it may seem, or whatever it is, and then just really, because just like you said, Jim Carrey, like he was an he was a great actor, and people were probably disappointed in him no longer doing the movies that he made because a lot of the movies he made were comedic ones, mm-hmm. and it brought people joy, and they liked it. But then it's like at what cost? And then same thing with Robin Williams. That's the mm-hmm. name, right? Yeah. Um, he also made like these deep, meaningful, and also funny movies. And then look, like 
he ended up taking his own life because yeah. it's like there's only so much of that that you can bear where you're just continuously following the script. And I think that that's why content creators on YouTube are like actors. They are. For it's sure. Always like a more so more so than anyone else doing any other career. Mm. I think that YouTubers like they suffer that same extent that a Hollywood actor does. Yeah. Maybe not com like completely. Maybe in terms more. Of, or maybe even more, yeah. Because like daily vloggers, like that takes a huge toll. Yeah, on no, it does. Yeah. For sure. And I I think that that happens a lot too because listen, you're being told be it through like monetary incentives like you're making money mm -hmm. and society is rewarding you for generating this perceived happiness that isn't founded on anything substantially real this like fake facade happiness that you're just putting on this mask for other people's enjoyment and to make other people happy and society is rewarding you for it so you think oh I made two million last year off of mm. YouTube, or twenty or two hundred million off of YouTube last year, doing this. Do I feel happy right now? No, not 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 really. I feel actually kind of lonely. I feel alienated. The people around me are, are all like yes men and yes women. Mm -hmm. Like women just want to be with me because of what I have. Everybody's like wants to take something from me, but that's okay because next year I'll make 400 million mm -hmm. instead of 200 million. Like I'll double that. And then it gets to a point where you'll just burn out and then you'll just realize. And, and I think that this is the stark realization that Robin Williams probably came to, which I can't really speak for him. And I, mm -hmm. and I regret saying what I just said because it's fucked up to assume what's going on in someone's head like that. Mm -hmm. But I would just assume that maybe he came to a realization that, oh, when it comes to my own happiness, I'm not rewarded for seeking it. Mm -hmm. I'm only rewarded when I make other people amused and pleased and happy. So I'm not living for myself. So what's the point of living at all? You just become like a puppet. You become a puppet. Exactly. And, and I think also it's like when these people signed up for it, there might have been maybe a combination of um passion towards whatever it is that they're putting out and then a common and then also uh monetary gains like mm -hmm. you said and then i think that when they sign up like not really you're not really it's like you don't even know what you're really signing into you don't. when you start you know creating and for other people um but i think that after the fact as time goes on what was I going to say? It's like, um, it's like you, you get to a point where you even have to explain why you're taking a break. You mm. know what I mean? Or why you may not be able to, to give these people what they want, you know, like, cause I've seen dozens of YouTubers who are like, Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm gonna take uh, you know, the next few weeks off because this and this and this. Yeah. Or I'm sorry that I took these last two weeks off of not making videos or two months or whatever because I had this and this personal reason. It's like <coughs> you have to you get to a point where you're kinda like forced, I think, to like share personal information, whether your dog died or mm -hmm. a family member died or or you went through a breakup or whatever it is and then you especially for YouTube couples, like when people see them split, it's like, oh, what happened? And mm -hmm. they start picking sides. It's like so overwhelming. Yeah. It's like you can't. There's no like 
privacy. There's no space to breathe, no privacy to mm. like deal and internalize the real shit that happens in life. And then you're forced to like explain it to people. It's like sometimes it's even hard to sit with it and explain it to yourself. So then mm -hmm. having to explain it to people so that you keep, yeah. yeah, so that you keep your audience because now this is your form of monetary means and, mm -hmm. you know, you're dependent on it. It's hard. Like I'm sure yeah. it's just like that's. I don't know. It's like super extreme and intense, I think, for yeah, sure. No, and and it's almost as if you're asking them for permission. It's like, guys, mm -hmm. like I hope this is okay, that yeah. I'm going to take some time off from my own mental health. And also another thing, like touching on what you just said, is that everything you would like, okay, so I, like let's say I'm a vlogger and I vlog every day and then I build a following and then I become a millionaire. Mm -hmm. If I buy a house, a lot of these YouTubers feel the obligation to like show the house and give a tour mm -hmm. because the, the, the supporters and the fans feel this like this, this weird possessiveness over that person's success. It's like, Oh, you only bought that house because of me. Mm-hmm because of your fans so i'm the reason because that you you're have, living in yeah. that house and that castle that you're driving that sports car i'm the reason so you better bring me into your house mm -hmm. you better make me a part of this and same thing like with like relationships people feel so emotionally invested in you the character the mm -hmm. personality that they like it's not a matter if you want to to share the information of your breakup you have to tell me mm -hmm. like you're obligated otherwise i'm gonna fucking stop following you like like there's just possessiveness it gets yeah. really weird to me I, like that line gets super blurry mm -hmm. it's like super weird and i think also it's like they it's like they're they're just spectators right mm -hmm. i think and they're they're like it's almost like an all-seeing eye around you at all times yeah. um uh, because for example, you, you say something or you make a mistake or something, uh, from years ago comes up and I've seen it happen countless times with Justin Bieber, with whoever it is. And then people will like attack you for it. And it's like, Oh, yeah. now you, you owe us an apology. Like, mm -hmm. even if it's not directed at them, for example. Right. But it's like, people always feel like this, like they deserve something or they, owe, yeah, like you're like, you owe these people, you know, yeah. your life, basically, you owe these people an apology, your emotions, your mental state, like everything. Yeah. And you always have to give it to them. Because just like you said, it's, it's, if you don't give that to them, then you'll just as easily lose it as you did gain it. Yeah. Because everything is founded on your audience and that yeah. goes for singers they always have like this you know artists uh, in general yeah, yeah this like portrayal that they have to keep up because i don't know it's like one slip up and that's it you mm -hmm. lost half your fan base you're canceled like there's cancel culture super real now yeah and just like you said they're they they feel like they're entitled to to everything you have, yeah. And everything to everything you, you have, exactly. Everything that you that you own, you know, they they need to see it. Like, oh, give us the house tour. Mm -hmm. They'll just comment it, and it seems like lighthearted, but but deep then, down, it's like possessive. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's my house it's incessant, too. And it yeah. and it it's like continuous. Every single video, you'll see, you know, people making a judgment about what you said or or whatever, and it's always or or oh, give us this type of video or give us that. It's like. 
they're not even paying the person directly, but mm. they still feel the need to like you dictate know, what yeah, they do. Yeah, and and yeah. like just derive something out of them, like the way that they wanted to go. If that makes sense, it does. And I think a lot of those people live vicariously through these mm. performers and yes. through these you know YouTubers because like their life probably sucks mm -hmm. and they probably have a nine to five and it's super boring. So they tap into like a David Dobrik, a De uh, Logan Paul, mm -hmm. Jake Paul, whoever the fuck. And they tap into that and then they're like, oh, like, you know, like they just kind of lose themselves. It's just like watching a movie. You 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 just lose track of your senses. Like everything becomes numbs out, like numbed out. So you're not thinking as Gabriella while mm -hmm. you're watching a very engaging you start movie. Yeah, you become you like the yourself. protagonist of like you yeah. imagine yourself like, oh, wow, look at those. What would you do in that yeah, situation, exactly. that scenario? Would you have <clears throat> killed him like that? Would you have whatever? Mm -hmm. Oh, I wouldn't hook up with that guy. I would have went with that one or whatever. It's like you you just immerse yourself mm. and it's super and that's why like entertainment and movies are so i don't know profitable it's and because successful. of the yeah, yeah it's because it allows you that experience of just exiting your body for that amount of time or or for certain scenes mm -hmm. and i don't think a lot of people realize that but yeah that's why i think that if you're gonna be successful quote unquote by society standards and you want to make a million dollars and you want to have financial freedom don't do it through solemnly relying on other people's acceptance of you. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the surest way for you to just fall on your face and just crumble. You should always do it because you have something valuable to offer that whether or not you have a million followers or a billion or one follower, that value remains unhinged mm -hmm. by its surroundings. And I think that that's what we have with this podcast and that's why we're going to do this consistently and we're going to just push ourselves seriously mm -hmm. like push ourselves to really like just put this out there because i feel like we have something that even if we have one person watching this right now we're grateful for that one person because we're grateful for the ability to just convey whatever we have to convey mm -hmm. and yeah and just continue down that path of like giving people something valuable a service a product something of value and i think it's like there's a like a level of more self-awareness that comes from doing these episodes because mm. then you just become so in tune with like you like the way you speak and act and feel and then I think that that's that's why communication is so like prominent in society and in life like it's so vital yeah it's so vital and crucial because it's it's like the only way that you can really connect yeah and and kind of discover yourself more and more if that makes sense because then you're just like oh wow like these like i feel like the more that you engage in like conversations like these like we do you just start to unravel more thoughts and information or opinions that you feel like you might have not tapped like, into tapped before, into before. Yeah. like even if you had it like you just hadn't really like paid any mind to it mm -hmm. and i think that that's like i don't know i feel like it's super rewarding yeah no and uh just going back to jordan peterson one last time he says that one of the most important things for him for any young person our age is to learn how to speak and mm -hmm. write because if you know how to speak and you know how to like convey your ideas the way that both of us have like uh, learned over time to do so like mm -hmm. you like you can write better than most like <laughs> most authors i've read and that's not just like a compliment because we're together or anything like that it's like it's it's legitimate 
And I think more people need to see your writing, and we could get into that in the future. But I think you should really write a book. But, (laughs) anyways, wanting to, yeah, but you should. But, like, and then I can like speak better than I could, like, when I first arrived back in like 2016. So I always compare myself to that. Mm -hmm. So when I got back from Brazil, my English was, you know, not very um articulate like mm-hmm. i couldn't really very advanced put words like together that. yeah like yeah. That. and then the one thing that fixed that <laughs> problem for me was podcast like i i would have like i i had a nine to five and then i would just listen to podcasts during mm-hmm. the whole extent of my job like i would just keep one um headphone in at the time airpods weren't made i don't think so i would just have like a generic headphone (laughs) and wired ones and just keep them tucked (laughs) into my dress shirt like underneath and just keep one here and then the other one's good for work and that's it all day i feel like um i feel like i'm better at writing than vocalizing things like even though i've like english is my first language it's my primary and only language really Mm -hmm. because i'm super broken in portuguese and spanish Mm -hmm. but I feel like even like knowing the vocabulary that I know with English, I don't speak as well as I write mm-hmm. because I think I'm more diligent when I write and more like meticulous. Yeah, it, it's like super precise and meticulous. Like you're saying, it's it's like more carefully thought out. Mm-hmm. And when you're speaking, it's more like you're you're thinking and you're speaking, but it's it's much it's a much quicker process. There's less delay yeah, from like there's conception less, to delivery. Exactly. Yeah. There's less time to really like, you know, debunk those thoughts and really like go into like a state of deep pondering. And that's why a lot of people aren't great public speakers, but they might be phenomenal writers or mm-hmm. why people stutter when they speak and they say, uh, and like, and they use these filler words like I do. And, and I think that, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this, but. But I think that that makes sense. And I personally believe that I'm the opposite. And I, and I think that that's <laughs> how we like compliment each other. <laughs> but you're a great writer. But I'm not though, because like, I, I you think. you read a lot too, so. I think I, like what, like what you said is exactly it. And when I speak, for the most part, I I have a lot of moments where I just like jumble my words and I'll like say like I and and this and like certain things that like kind of like cringe me out while I'm saying it. But then I'll eventually tap into this flow, like maybe like I'm doing right now where like my ideas are just coming together Mm -hmm. and they just all form this 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 um they just connect this, they just connect and make sense right mm-hmm. but then for the most part i think i'm just speaking out of my ass and i i'm always surprised when people listen to this podcast and they point out certain things that they really resonate with mm-hmm. i'm like holy shit like i'm just glad that that made sense to you yeah because i'm in my head i'm just rambling and i'm just saying nothing with nothing and then when i look at it in post i'm sometimes i'm even surprised i'm like oh that kind of makes sense we can mm-hmm. make like a little highlight of that but for the most part, it's exactly what you said. So, but I don't delay with um with like filler words. Instead, I just say nothing with nothing until mm-hmm. something is found, and then until right. I kind of find it. So you'll see a lot of times, I'll just say it myself. I'm like, oh, like I just realized this thing, and then I'll just start saying it, and then at the end, I'll just ask if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Should, should be a trademark. You should copyright. Yeah, copyright it and trademark it. Oh. Because that's my like catchphrase. Like, oh. <laughs> Ever since I met you, it's like every single, 
every single paragraph you would text me or when we were like talking in person, like having a one on one deep conversation about like feelings, for example, or or just like opinions and thoughts on things. It's always like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But um, it's yeah. like, I feel like I'm I like writing more only because I was always a big reader in mm-hmm. high school. I don't think I'm a big reader now. Like now I just haven't felt the urge to like pick up a book and read. And it's been a while mm-hmm. and it's ironic because I worked at a bookstore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I thought, Oh, like this one, you know, this push one, me to yeah. read. And then like, go figure. You can't even read at your job. Cause you're just exhausted too. <laughs> no, like but, after the fact. And they don't let you like, yeah. they don't let you when there's no customers and stuff. They don't let you like open your book and read. <laughs> like you, you just have to stand there and find something to do. So nah, I was like, capitalism. Oh, well, there's no opportunity for me to read, and I and I thought that I would start reading more, or, but I guess or not. Or even start writing your book or something. Yeah, like that. or like yeah, yeah, getting like some type of motivation. But I think it just like pushed me away from it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want nothing to do with reading because I'm just so like traumatized. Yeah, by that I have like PTSD from it for yeah. sure. I'm like, oh, like people are like having to deal with like. I don't know how to explain it. It's like this, there, I don't know. To <clears throat> It's, oh, I can't even get my words. It's like a weird perception, like a different perspective on things when you see how books don't even matter to a bookstore as much mm. as something else, like a membership. Yeah. So you kind of feel, I don't know, you kind of feel like this like unencouraged i guess like i don't know to because it kind of goes back to the thing about jordan peterson about like something that you would view as being like a person who had it all figured out and then and then you view a bookstore as like the place to Mm -hmm. go for like knowledge and just like enrichment and then you get there and then all you see is just like capitalism yeah it's like upselling this and upsell that it's like upsell it's like an amazon Mm -hmm style of business or whatever it's just it, it, it's just cutthroat and aggressive and you would expect it to be more laid back and just yeah, more, more like culturally rich mm-hmm. experience and yet it's just one of those things where they just whip you into like oh like more memberships more memberships yeah, speak and- less speak like talk like like talk the script <laughs> don't go off the script like stay in your box it's <laughs> like a sweatshop i swear it's like three questions uh, did you find everything you you needed today, or or like, or did you find what you were looking for today, or did you find everything okay today? And then, uh, uh, do you have a membership with us, and would you like to sign up? Mm-hmm. And then, do you need a bag? <laughs> three things. That, like that's, that's it. That's just Those robotic. are the three questions that you're allowed to ask your customers, and then yeah. everything else is like. I guess it's a plus if you do have a conversation because managers did like that, but only because, listen, only because it builds like a rapport between you and the customers and then it brings them back. It keeps back. them coming back and making but more money. But that's yeah. it. Like there's absolutely nothing else to it. Like they yeah. they don't care that you're having a meaningful, a, conversation. a meaningful conversation. Like there was one time where I had a customer and she said that her son had just passed away. And he had like a six-year-old daughter. So she was there to like try to find a book that like had maybe something of that resemblance, like of a child losing their parent and mm-hmm. like a storybook, but one that like gave them comfort. And then I was like, oh, and she said that she wanted me to help her. 
And then I like, I like had like the walkie talkie and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, a customer's asking me to go help her find, you know, so-and-so book. And then they're like, oh, we'll take care of it and stuff. Like what, what kind of book? And then they like they, the way they that they do it is so robotic like mm-hmm. they didn't even care to like hear why or whatever because and then i saw it unraveling like the interaction between her and whoever had like you know it's taken care of d- her. Yeah, yeah decided to take care of it because they just want to like fast pace like oh you need this book here it is and then mm-hmm. go away oh you need this book we don't have it but we have this and this and this book it's similar and then it's just like any way to get money. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, like these books don't have any importance anymore, at least not to the people on the opposite side. To the sellers. Yeah, because yeah, it's just like all you're trying to do is like get rid of them, dispose of the books and make money. And that's it. It's just a means to like pay rent. Yeah. You know, like that's all it is. Instead of being a means to enrich someone's experience or or life experience and and another thing is we did like a holiday book drive for a shelter mm-hmm. of moms and and kids who were homeless during the holidays and all they cared about was us getting as many like book donations as we can because of the sales that it gives us and because it makes you guys look good. Yeah, and that's it. In comparison to others. <clears throat> but, but not even that, but because of the sales, like I'm telling you. Because they would be like, oh, you guys only got three book donations or whatever. But it wasn't because they're thinking about the kids who no. aren't going to have books. They don't give a fuck about They're just kids. like, come on, like we could push out these books. They're only $7 each. Like if you mm-hmm. could push out three per customer, we could be making 20 Like it's always and I about. I get a bigger bonus yeah, at the and end then of it's the just year. Like, damn, like, do you even care about like no. what you're representing? Like what you're so on, like uh, quote unquote, like showing Endorsing. off. And, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no profit Almost always trumps, trumps passion. Mm-hmm. Like those are the two P's of business. And they often don't go hand in hand. Mm. It's like either one or the other. So. Yeah, but that's why I've been like kind of, you know. Off of it. Yeah, know. off of it with the books and stuff. I'm just like, oh. like I I'm- really think that you should start writing like at, <laughs> like at least blogs and stuff. Because if you guys read what she writes. No. And, like It's. <laughs> It's incredible. Like, it truly is incredible. And I think it's just unique because you base everything off of your own life experiences and your own emotions. Like, just like you said, it's not just to to be relatable, to get clicks and likes and to, like, push traffic to, like, to the website, to be outrageous and obnoxious. It's like it's something that is very intimate to you. And maybe that's part of why you're, like, hesitant to, like, share it. And I get it. And I respect that. But if you ever do get to a point where you're comfortable with just sharing those intimate thoughts and feelings, you'll be surprised of just how many people will just like cling on to you like like fan wise and, and and just like resonate with you on like such a deeper level. Because, again, you won't be like a manager trying to push sales like you'll be a person who just wants to, you know, understand and just create a legitimate connection with people. Something to consider. Something to consider and start soon. May- maybe, <laughs> maybe today, tomorrow. Maybe never. never. Maybe <laughs> after this episode. But, <laughs> it will work out. But yeah, uh, so that's good for today, right? Yes. We're at an hour and 15 
minutes, roughly. Yes. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks again and, for tuning uh, in. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for um, supporting this show. If you like it, uh, please leave a rating on wherever you're listening to this. It really helps push the show out there. It helps us know that you're enjoying it, that you resonate with some of the crazy shit that we'd say on this. Yes. And we are just two ordinary people from New Jersey. We're not... <laughs> You know, by the way, New Jersey got rated the best pizza in the country, and that is no lie. Forget about it. I don't want to hear it from the New Yorkers with your dollar pizza. Forget about it. I don't want to hear it. Have you ever had like, have you ever had like those underground, like big ass slices of pizza from Jersey, like the freaking chicken ranch and bacon, like those? Uh, but New York pizza is something else, the man. The $1 tell pizza don't, doesn't compare. I'm going to tell you now. The New York pizzas <laughs> no. down in Brooklyn, you got to forget about it, huh? No. Forget don't. about it, huh? Well, I was going <laughs> to say real quick. Oh, I forgot. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Damn it. I hate. What, what was it about? Uh, I don't know. Backtrack. Books? Books, no, you said writing. something about listening to us. Oh, so I was, oh, okay. I remember. I was gonna say because because we've kind of been like inconsistent with the podcast yeah. and stuff. Um, I don't think like there's any explanation for that and any explanation that needs to be said for that. But we do want to start doing it every day. Trying yeah. to hold ourselves accountable. Accountable, putting it um, out there. Even though we said like a month ago that we would do it every week and mm-hmm. we haven't done it for a whole month. But and so now tra- we think, oh, okay, so if we said every week and we couldn't do that, how about every day? Every that day, should be easier. Maybe we could oh. do it every day. <laughs> Once a week? No, no let's do every day. That's, let's hold that's ourselves. too much, too much. Yeah. Then one every day? That's not too much. Ah, <laughs> forget about it. Uh, an hour editing? I'm just kidding. But look, <clears> we do everything ourselves. Everything that you are hearing that you are seeing maybe that's why it's not like up to par with you know a lot of the more popular shows on youtube or on wherever you're listening to this uh we do intend on upgrading eventually and we do want to hold out and just wait until we can you know kind of generate some income through this podcast to really invest in it and really like up the production value and just up the microphones the cameras and make it very Joe Rogan worthy esque, your mom's make, house podcast esque. Make Joe Rogan finally, finally. Um, what do you call it? Go out of business. No, no. I was gonna say We're like gonna acknowledge fucking, us, but okay. Like, nah. damn, I'm coming for Joe you, Joe. Rogan, watch. watch I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm well, a huge I'll fan of Joe Rogan. I'll shave my head too and I'll take. Sh- yeah, like if that's DMT all it takes. And eat some alchemy, yeah. and and I'm the next Joe Rogan. Yeah, we'll just do <laughs> that. Like both of us will do that. Oh, Man. Deal, deal. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. uh, damn it, I forgot again. <laughs> you need to take some fucking Fuck. um, mushrooms and shit in the morning, like some dietary some mushrooms. shrooms in the morning. No, no, I like to do it at night. <laughs> no, like um, cordyceps and lion's mane to really help your memory and shit. Says the person like who forgets what they <laughs> ate the next day. Um, I don't forget. Damn it, I don't remember. Take your time. We have all the time. The listeners have all the time in the world. <laughs> I know, right? They want to leave. They're like, they probably, they probably like already left the chat. If you're listening to this right now, like shout out to you. Like you're, in, oh, you're a real one. I oh. remember. I was going to say, and then eventually we can have a guest Ooh. on our show with us. Yeah. Once we kind of like upgrade the studio a bit, upgrade COVID. the equipment. 
COVID. You got to be tested. You got to be vaccinated, even though we're uh, not. Forget about it, huh? All right, because we, because I'm not getting vaccinated. <laughs> I'm not going to um, say I'm not going to get vaccinated because because we might get right vaccinated soonish. No, not right now. I'm not. Um, if but, I yeah. get vaccinated, it'll be like September, October, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I have to see like how it pans out for people mm, yeah, in a yeah, six yeah. month span around there. Um, a year would be ideal, but you know, let's let's see. But anyways, you have to be vaccinated, and we'll just be here chilling. You'll be comfortable because you have You'll the vaccine. Yeah. You'll be good, and then yeah. You don't have to be vaccinated, but if you take a test or no, you, you just know vaccinated. that you okay, or <laughs> you just know that you don't have COVID and you're positive, then we're good. I, I mean, you're not positive for COVID. I mean, you're negative for COVID. If you're positive for COVID, don't stay the fuck away from us. Yeah, don't. and just you know stay at home. And <laughs> I can't lose my. Don't talk to. Oh, us. that reminds me. Yeah, I asked you the other day if you lost your sense of taste. So, because I want you to put it like out there for people. If you lost your sense of taste and you could eat a food that you normally wouldn't eat with your sense of taste, what food would that be? And your response? I would eat everything. But more, more specifically, I think I would eat more like fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Not saying that I don't like fruits and vegetables, but it's just like but I don't, like, don't like a fruits. lot of fruits yeah like there's a lot of fruits that maybe will like blow like blow a lot of people's minds out there like i don't like mango i hate the taste of mango i don't like peaches i hate peaches he doesn't like melon i don't like melon cantaloupe. i like watermelon cantaloupes no for me i don't like what's the other one i'm looking for oh i, I don't like certain spices i don't even know if it's considered spice but like cinnamon i don't like i, I like caramel if it's not overdone I'm very picky with like certain things, but Especially at the same like time, sweeter things, sweeter yeah. things. Yeah. Like fruits and like sweets and seasoning and all that shit. Like I'm super picky. So if I didn't have taste, I wouldn't mind eating everything basically. But yeah. How about you? I would eat more vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't I, eat any except spinach. I swear. the Yeah. That's the only <laughs> vegetable intake I get is whatever I put into my shake. Yeah. With fruits and protein and whatever else, so that because you don't not, even taste it. Yeah, so that's not even it's not even tasteable. But also, I do. Is like, tasteable a word? It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I do like putting spinach in two other things: my Panera bread sandwich mm -hmm. <laughs> and my omelets, and that's it. Okay. All right. Okay, Jabria. That's it. That's it, Jabria. Okay, that's Jabria. It. Good okay. job. Good job. <laughs> okay, good job. Okay, good job, Jabria. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. It's puberty, guys. All right, so uh, let's my, let's my wrap this up. You posted to drop it. Let's wrap this up. All right. I like how we say that we're going to finish the show, and then we just go on for like 10 more minutes. Yeah, it's because I'm always like, wait, there's another question. Yeah, wait, and then... there's more. <laughs> it's like, all right. So are you and... done or not? Are you yep. finished? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. All right. Okay, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. Don't forget to rate us and support <laughs> us and all that good or stuff. Or don't. We'll kill you. Bye. Or don't. Yep. Bye. <laughs>